Hi, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Ask Ellie Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. I am Ellie Molina. I am your hostess. I am an intuitive, an author, a psychic, the founder of SciKidsAcademy.com, and I love interviewing guests and having guests on the podcast, and today my guest is Rick Morrison. And Rick is the author of the Hug Store book. And the Rick, I met Rick back in 2017. And Rick brings an air of integrity and authentic commitment, loving intention, mindful attention to all he does. Along with being an author, he oversees a thriving real estate business. He is in the wine consulting company, and he's a guitar player in a band called Feng Shui. <laughs> um, he's a certified, some, help me pronounce this, Rick. Hi, some, some uh, pronounce this with me, sommelier. Sommelier. Sommelier, yes, yes, yes. And he's a good cook too. And he is the author of his first children's book entitled The Hug Store. And this is where I met Rick back when we were doing collaborative work on a book called Dancing in the Unknown with author Betsy Chassie. And Betsy's the creator of What the Bleep Do We Know? So if anybody has seen that movie, that was back from 2014. So Rick and I worked collaboratively um, on a book with Betsy back then. So Rick, hi, how are you? And I want to hear all about you and the book, and I want you to tell our audience about the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. We all have our books, and uh, mine, you know, I'll just, um, you know, let you know that, uh, it, well, I am the author of it. I'm, I uh, have to share those duties with my daughter, who at the time was five, and she authored it as well. So we were actually co-authors and share, share that. I know that is so cool. That's part of why I really loved the work in the book that um, I have a copy of the book that you signed for me back in 2017. And what I'd like to you to talk about, I mean, I can read this, but it's so much better yeah. when you talk about how this was inspired by a true event that had your daughter, Shana, um, really co-author this book for you. And if you're, you know, I'd love for you to tell the listeners about your book, how this was inspired, what happened, and then we'll move into, you know, some of the other work that you're doing with, um, with the, the Hug Alliance, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to take it one step at a time, but Rick, first tell us about the book and the inspiration for it. Okay, so the inspiration for the book was an, kind of an insight that Shauna had when we were visiting my family, um, which we live in Los Angeles, but our, our, my side of the family is in Michigan, and we were on a Thanksgiving holiday when she was in fifth grade, or just about, I'm sorry, and, and she was five years old, starting kindergarten, and uh, basically this is, you know, what happened is that my dad, when we got to the airport, and my mom, they were both there, grandma and grandpa, um, you know, they wanted, they missed her, they only see her twice a year. And, you know, my mom was a school teacher forever, and just kind of knows how to approach kids and kind of meet them where they're at, and patient. And, you know, my dad is um, just, you know, 
wants his needs met in the moment. And uh, he's like, you know, where's my, where's my hug? You know, mm-hmm. Shauna, where's grandpa's hug? And it was one of those scenarios that we've all seen, been part of, maybe happened to us. And to me, it felt really um, disjointed when he said that, because it made me realize that I was in a really hard spot as a parent and as a child in that moment. And no matter what I said would be the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. So I decided to say nothing and just let uh, the universe kind of take it and do with Mm -hmm. it what it will. And, you know, Shauna felt really uncomfortable, but she also said after, I think my dad asked like three times and she finally just looked at me and I, I didn't say anything. I just kind of had a blank stare. And mm-hmm. um, she goes, Grandpa, I'm all out of hugs. I can't oh. give you one because I don't have any, but I'll, I'll, I'll go to the store this week and get you a hug. And <laughs> everybody was like, you know, in that moment, we all laughed. The tension, you know, was broke. And it just, it was like this amazing kind of genius moment that none of us in our mind could have created that, but that's, you know, the beauty and innocence of a child, uh, but, you know, who wanted to stay true to herself and I wanted to honor whatever she wanted, but I wanted it to come through her. And that right there was kind of the, you know, it was so playful and fun that I, I was like, how, how could we recreate this, this energy and, and be able to share the story? And that's where the hug store book came in. And we, you know, over the next few months, Shauna and I, kept exploring ways because it was so fun to to literally demonstrate what that would look like in a children's book. Wow, wow. And you know, I just love this for many different reasons. And one of the things that I love about this is that you honored Shauna's personal integrity by not forcing her to, oh, go give grandpa a hug. You know, if you don't give you know, how many parents, like, if you don't give grandpa a hug, you know, you're not going to go to the, to the store, you know, you're not going to get an ice cream, you know, you know, the bribing, that kind of conversation that goes on so that you honored her integrity and that you gave her the space to honor herself at that moment too. And then of course, the creative way that she just solved that, that tension is amazing. So I just really kudos to you, kudos to her. I think that, you know, again, this is my personal peeve about parents really allowing their children to access and develop and utilize their intuitive abilities because kids know, kids know. Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's it. It was, uh, you know, it was purely a conditional experience that could have unfolded. And I knew my awareness was such at that point that I just knew that wasn't an option because that didn't feel right. And it was inauthentic. And, you know, I think as parents and really just even beyond parents, you know, just as adults who, you know, work on expanding their awareness you know, you see everything in life as its own sovereign being, you know, whether it's sentience or not. And, you know, that's what I, I knew I had to do and risk anything else and just honor her sovereignty at that moment, good, bad, or ugly, either way it would be honoring it. So, you know, that, that I, you know, to me, but honestly, years ago, out of a fear-based 
conditioning that I had, I probably would have made her hug grandpa because of the fear-based, you know, things mm-hmm. that were put on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great thing that, you know, she, she uh, felt that. And, you know, it's one of those things I just continued to do to this day. And, you know, just, I know it empowers her so much and she's super fierce and she's super uh, emotional and, you know, she, uh, she's a force, but I think she's a force because she stepped into her power at a young age and she has not, she's, you know, she's honored it, honored it herself. And it's not Mm -hmm. always easy and it's very Mm -hmm. challenging sometimes. (laughs) I know it's true. It's true. And this brings me, this brings me right around into some, you know, the work that I do with children Mm -hmm. to empower them. So they have this sense that you said that Shauna has of stepping into her own power at a very early age, having the, um, the autonomy over her body, being able to say, no, I don't want this. Yes, I want this. And to be, to be, um, to be not, what's the word? I'm looking for a word here to be care, not careful, to be powerful enough so that she can say no, that she has that power to say, no, I will not do this. I am not going to do these things. I will stand up for myself. And this gets into conversations now. This, you know, there's so many places we can go with this, you know. Um, one of the things that I do want to talk to you about is that I know that you you do conscious parenting. And, you know, if you want to tell us a little bit about ways in which you've been exploring this conscious parenting, I, I, everybody here would love to hear it. That's a lot to unpack in a... Um kind of a one question because really the conscious the conscious parenting <laughs> space is just infinite in its uh, ability but really what I you know if you kind of like we're going to look at a basic definition it's just parenting from a heightened state of awareness without mm-hmm. judgment mm-hmm. I think that yes. really kind of yeah. Yeah. you know uh, does that but you know what does that look like um, it's going to look different for every person every you know dynamic every family um, but I just try to, to always kind of go back to that as a mantra, like, you know, don't be in judgment and, you know, be aware. And, you know, that's, you know, what they tell you parenting 101, like, you know, if a kid is so-called acting up, which, you know, I, I, I hate all those mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. things that, that melt down, that all, you know, they're all such judgments, you know, we label them as such, but, you know, a lot of them are just really basic things that people aren't aware of, like a, a child is hungry or they, they're sleep deprived or worse, they're not seen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you just kind of go to those basics, you're going to diffuse a lot of potential anxiety ridden situations, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's more that are, are, are much more complex than those and require even broader awareness. But that's a good starting point, I think. I agree. I agree. Just to come down to that awareness of what does this child need and want. And I will listen to what this child is saying. And I will respect what this child is saying also. So there is just, again, this level of acceptance and awareness and not as educator or parent that we are forcing our views and back into that old parenting 
paradigm of threatening yes. and you know the the way that we learned how to parent and the way that educators learned how to teach yes. uh, un- unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately we know that not you know we know that not much has changed in that realm and all we have to do is go step back into a classroom and listen to parents or listen to the kids that are currently in school which now I'm curious, this is not part of like, where's, where is Shauna going to school now? Where does she, she go to school? Um, she goes to a public charter mm-hmm. school in mm-hmm. uh, Los Angeles. And um, she really, you know, is, is thriving. There's lots of arts um, that blends with the academics. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, you know, for her, it's the right space. Um, you know, uh, that said, if it wasn't, you know, we'd explore that as well. I mean, uh, you know, public schools, I think are really trying, you know, some, you know, LAUSD is a little more forward thinking than a, a lot of them. And like, for example, they, you know, they integrate social emotional learning and have mm-hmm. for, for, you know, easily a decade plus, maybe longer, um, you know, so there, there's those kind of tools that, you know, sometimes are reserved for, you know, private schools or, you know, Montessori or things right, like that. Right. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's good, you know, but not, nothing's a substitute for, you know, I mean, that's, and we'll get into this with hug the moment, but, you know, for us, it's like, you know, they can't learn everything in school. They can't learn everything at home. It's got to be right. kind of a cohesive, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and really that comes down to our society and how we're doing things as a society and as a culture, you know, which is, part of mm-hmm. I kind of just opened the book on hug the moment there can you, <laughs> can, you tell, can you tell us about hug the moment and what's going on over there and what you're putting together and have been putting together yeah so a, a lot of this predates um the uh, COVID pandemic and coming out of the hug store book and some you know, we had a lot of educators who really supported the book and we actually had developed a curriculum around it that Shauna designed out of necessity when we didn't have a second book and we needed one to fill time at a reading. So we came up with a, what I called an activity, but mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. later I would find was really the, the foundation of, of a, a curriculum. And uh, over the course of a couple of years, there was a lot of educators that I met along the way that really helped um, kind of refine it um, to educator standards with assessments and things like that, that were never part of it. And um, many, uh, particularly the Montessori system has been very supportive. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, that for me was the, the impetus for Hug the Moment because that curriculum it was really defined as kind of a social emotional integration curriculum, which made me very curious about SEL and, you know, all those things that, that are, are so missing from the building blocks of reading and writing and not to take anything away from core curriculum. It, it is important, but it's not everything. And to me, you know, social emotional learning and millions of others is really a, a core necessity and you look at our culture and and you know this has nothing to do with politics in any way shape or form but you know nobody can communicate nobody can understand each other so you know at that most basic level the only way to really heal and move our kids generation forward is with some sort of unified 
understanding, empathy, compassion, no matter what the situation is, mm-hmm. just getting people to the to the table to talk is mm-hmm. a huge thing. So um, that's what Hug the Moment is. It's really a, um, uh, you know, not-for-profit to, our, I mean, our goal is to have social-emotional learning as core curriculum in all public schools throughout the country. Mm-hmm. However, you know, with the word hug in it, and we were launching, uh, we actually had a... Uh, um, sponsorship with Huggies, which was very exciting for an event we did. And then we went into COVID and Mm -hmm. I, uh, with Hug in it, I just kind of put it on the back burner um, because it was kind of loaded with the idea of touch and everybody's, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so anyways, that's where it's at right now. It's kind of in its hibernation incubation stage. And, uh, you know, in 2022, uh, it's going to be a, a huge, huge priority for me to, to really get that up and going. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, this is wonderful. And we all know from research that babies, uh, children and babies who are hugged thrive, we need human touch, you know, so this is vital. And how many children I remember, I forget this, the, um, there was a very famous, you may know this, I don't know. There was a very famous research done in back in the Soviet Union, I believe it was in the 50s or the 60s, where they took children from an orphanage and they did not hug them. I mean, can you think, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine doing this. This was this would not be allowed today at all. This is actual basic cruelty, but right. you know, they were doing their tests back in the day and they let these children go they as hours without touch. And they found that these children were smaller in their development, not just developmentally in, you know, behind in their brain development and function, but also in their physical body size. So then a lot of research was done on the more that we hug our children, our babies, the faster they grow and the better, the healthier they are. So, you know, this brings now to other questions like, you know, hugging is, touch is vital. And even in the school system, they started implementing, this is way before COVID, like in 2008, back in New York, um, kids were no longer allowed to have physical contact with one another. I mean, you know, if they were doing sports, yes, but there was no more coming together, like in sixth and seventh grade, where the kids would come into the room and kind of hug each other, which was really vital social interaction. It was Mm -hmm. not all sexual and the school districts took it out in New York. It's like, you cannot touch each other at all. Nothing, zero, nada. And it was a really very upsetting time for the children. I remember they, they missed that physical connection to one another. Yeah. So, you know, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, when you were citing that example, um, there's so many that, uh, you know, Along the way, and one of our endorsers, Dr. Tiffany Fields, is um, really a kind of the global expert in, in human touch. And I think she's authored 20 plus books just involving human touch and the necessity. Uh, so anybody that wants to learn more from a, you know, more, a, more of a science background, uh, look up uh, Dr. Tiffany Fields writing. Um, but one example was, I think it was outside Boston with two twin uh, uh, preemies that were 
uh, born in a hospital way, way premature and early. And they, one of them went into, you know, they were separated. Um, and one of them went into cardiac arrest and some other things. And the, the uh, on-call nurse panicked and didn't know and really was, uh, believed that she was going to, you know, lose this little baby. And she placed the sick baby in the healthy baby's incubator. And within about 10 seconds, the, the sibling put her arm around her sister and wow. literally all the vital signs within seconds stabilized. And to this, yeah, it's, it's really an amazing story. If you, anyone Googles that you could see it out there, but I mean, that's the power of, of human touch and Mm. of hugging and you know the the picture that they snapped and uh yeah and, and the I, I believe that nurse was actually fired for not following protocol but you know later was deemed a hero because she she saved you know, this little baby's <laughs> yeah. life and the parents were thrilled and the daughters are out actually they they still talk about it um oh, the siblings wow. mm -hmm. yeah um so the the touch is is so important and really our curriculum that Shauna helped develop is really around touch, which is another reason that we kind of took a, a sidestep with, with COVID in that, you know, you, it's, it's about hugging all the kids within, the, within a classroom setting. So it really evens the playing field as far as like anybody that has potential bullying tendencies, which is really more of mm -hmm. just a fear-based, you mm -hmm. know, response. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, they realize that people care about them and they see them and respect them. So it kind of, you know, stabilizes, uh, you know, the bully tendencies, but also, you know, kids that may not be verbally communicative. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it mm -hmm. empowers them to kind of show affection and caring in a different way. And that's the power of the curriculum, which is really a touch-based curriculum. Not all of our curricular is, is touch-based, mm -hmm. but that one in particular is because it literally embodies kind of different teachings from the hug store book. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Rick, this has been so in insightful to me also and fascinating. And can you tell people who are listening where they can find you and where they can get a copy of your book? And, you know, if they want it, if they want more information on the hug movement, can you share with people where they can find you? Yeah. So the hug store book, Dot com, um, as well as uh, for Hug the Moment, it's hugthemoment.org. And, you know, I always, uh, you know, any educators out there, um, you know, we, we're only as good as uh, what we bring to it. And we're still in, you know, the upstart of this. And I, I just always put out if an you know, educator hears this or uh, a parent mm -hmm. that has ideas, uh, you know, that's what we realize is none of us are experts at what we do. I'm, I'm a dad. I mean, that's my first mm -hmm, <laughs> thing that mm -hmm, I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm not an educator, but with Hug the Moment, that's what's unique about it. There's other great social emotional learning organizations out there. I mean, Castle's been doing this, I believe, since the late 60s, I think. And, you know, there's so many more. But what makes us unique is that our curriculum is going to be designed and has been designed by not only educators, but parents and children's input. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, when, when curricula is designed by children for children, 
it's mm-hmm. it's validated. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. right there. And I think, you know, that's really our, our superpower is that we're we're doing it as a community heard. So it's, you know, educators are important. They 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 know, you know, they're they they are experts in their field. Yet every great educator will tell you they can't do it without the parents' help. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and the child's that's commitment. Right. So that's why like we really see it as a triangle. And that 33, you know, 0.3% of our mm-hmm. core is parent input, child input, and educator input. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, I am excited for you to get this hug, the hug movement. Hug the moment? Hug movement. Hug the moment. Um, yes really moving and shaking in 2022 and you know people have to put their gloves on put their gloves on wear their masks but you know what people people and children are longing for human touch it is just part of our development it's who we are so this is fabulous work that you are doing and I'm going to put a link, Rick, on the uh, podcast at the bottom so that people will be able to come find your work and find your book. And if anybody has questions, they'll be able to reach out to you. And um, yeah, if there's anything else that you want to share about any of this, please, you know, talk, tell me right now. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the one thing I always do say just is, uh, you know, this is about hugging and, you know, there's, there could be a lot loaded with that too. And not all hugging is right for everybody. So you have to honor that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, truth be told that, you know, my daughter still doesn't love to hug. She's not necessarily sometimes still a hugger. So, you know, even though somebody goes through an exploration of it and finds a way to do it in a way that honors them, doesn't mean that they necessarily are going to always become that. So I just always say to people out there, you know, to, to explore, um, if, you know, and, you know, include, especially with children, include pediatricians in the conversation, um, you know, other healthcare professionals and, um, but ultimately trust yourself Mm -hmm. because your inner knower Mm -hmm. knows what is right. And that's your, your GPS and your inner guidance. Absolutely. I am 100% on board with that. And to not force a child if they don't want to hug or kiss, just let them be. Don't force the child to do that. Yep. Yeah, wow. meet, them, meet them where they're at. Wow, yeah. Rick, this has been totally fascinating having you here. And I'm so excited. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to post everything on the podcast link. And we're going to keep an eye on you and look for you all over the place and get this movement moving in 2022. I- Oh, thanks, Ali. And I hope to do another project with you at some point down absolutely, the road. That was so absolutely. Fun. It was. And if anybody is interested, I just want to pitch this because Rick is an incredible author, not even about hugs and, and children's books, but in the book, Dancing in the Unknown, which we collaborated with Betsy Chassie, who was the uh, creator of The Secret. Rick has chapter two, and it takes a child to raise a village. And his mm-hmm. writing, his writing is engrossing. I mean, you start reading, I, like I, I started reading this 
And that was it. I was just right in there. I didn't want to put the book down. I wanted to finish the entire chapter. I wanted to find and hear his story. Um, it was really gripping and your writing is excellent. So I encourage people, you know, you can pick up a copy of this book, probably on Amazon, Dancing in the Unknown, Real Stories of the Trials and Triumphs of Living Your Way, Living Life Your Way. So Rick is in there. I'm in there too. I'm chapter nine. Rick is chapter two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Actually, a, a, another great colleague who I'll just give a shout out to, who's been such a, a great, uh, you know, co-pilot in this is Dr. Nellie uh, Fernudi. Um, she's been amazing. And uh, she has, I forget which her, her, I don't have the book in front of me, but her chapter too. And, you know, she's, um, you know, a, a great person to follow for people with, uh, with children Right, yeah, her work, right, uh, peace, right. uh, mm-hmm. peace learning is her, uh, yeah, yes. Dr. Nelly, if you look her yes, up on yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have her, I am friends with her on Facebook. I mm-hmm. then, but the, you know, how, you know, look, I don't want to talk bad about Facebook, but you know how those algorithms work. If you don't interact with somebody um, and you let too much time go by, then all of a sudden, before you know it, they are off the radar. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah, I know. So yeah. I'm just looking, I do have the book in front of me and I am looking to see what chapter she must be. Wow. This is bringing back so many fond memories over here. Yeah, she's chapter 11, 11, Motherhood, Awakening into the Unknown. Um, fabulous story, fabulous journey. Again, um, yeah, we can it's a great it's, this book is just really great for anybody no matter where you are on your uh on your path yeah it's a fabulous book I yeah love wouldn't, it. It, wouldn't it be fun to have a conversation like almost a reunion where like uh you know tv shows you know five or ten years later do a reunion and and uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see all of our growth and talk about how we've grown literally since we wrote yeah, you know, our, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know what, Rick, we're going to have to reach out to Betsy and find out what she's doing. Maybe she'll come organize something that might yeah. be fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for the time. All right. Listen, thank you. And again, just thank you very, very much. And thank everybody for listening. And like I said, if you want to reach out, um, all of Rick Morrison's links will be um, in the write-up over here for the podcast. And once again, Rick, just let them know where can they find you? Uh, the hugstorebook.com uh, as well as hugthemoment.org. And for uh, those that you know want to look the Amazon route, it's there as well too, the hug store book um, in a few different formats, uh, electronic, paperback, hardcover. And uh, you know, if you do it through the website, I'm happy to custom... Uh, sign books uh, for the children, which is my joy to uh, every child to see their their name inside a book that makes yes. it personal. Yeah, yes. so uh, feel free to do that. I can't do that at Amazon. Nobody really can. So, <laughs> not true. It's true. Yeah. Oh, Rick, thank you so much for being here, and have a very very happy holiday. And we will stay in touch. All, All right. right. Thank thanks, thank listeners. You. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for being on the podcast with me. And I'll see you all next week, Wednesday, 10 a.m. live. And my guest will be um, fitness expert, 
Ron Yellen, coach of Greenpoint Athletics. And we will talk about health and fitness and mental fortitude for adults and children. All right. Take care, everybody. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast.